Greetings and salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Break the Lunatic Rants. Live from the beautifully bodacious and always spacious Fuck If I Know Studios located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania, it is yet another wonderfully informative, educational, argumentative, and boring edition of Frank the Lunatic Rats. Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone. I am your congenial host, Frank the Lunatic, with yet another wonderfully boring edition of me ranting and raving, pissing and moaning about topics that you probably don't really give a shit about. So why are you listening anyway? Topic of discussion is something I just can't seem to strain away from. Can't stray away from it at all. About electric vehicles and how it's time to basically unplug all this wonderful hype. about electric vehicles in the future and how great they are. They're great for the environment, great for the economy, so on and so forth. Makes me want to vomit. And all this propaganda stuff that you see, all the marketing techniques and everything and articles about electric vehicles just being on the side, all the pros of electric vehicles, all that information to me is basically as useful as a warm bucket of hamster vomit. You know, electric vehicles really aren't anything new. The concept really isn't that new at all. Uh, As a matter of fact, going all the way back to probably the early 1900s, the concept was actually brought up about electric type of vehicles, especially with the whole thing of electricity becoming more and more common across the country in major cities. And even back then, uh, things like the LA Times had articles stating how in the future that uh, electric automobile or auto cars uh, will take over other types of motorized vehicles. Don't forget back then, there were so many different concepts out there, steam-driven type of cars and uh, things like that. So there there were a couple different concepts out there back then. And a lot of it had to do with actually even things with uh, Thomas Edison in regards to electricity and batteries. Even back in around 1911, the concept of some form of electric vehicle was being toyed around with that the New York Times actually did an article about um, electric vehicles and saying how it's being recognized as an ideal solution because it is quieter. And the big thing back then was the fact that electric, uh, excuse me, regular gasoline vehicles were something that only people with money could afford. Most people still had horses um, going into, you know, early 1900s and a lot of these areas that weren't really major cities. And even in major cities, they were still doing deliveries by horse-drawn um, wagons and that because trucks really weren't popular yet. And uh, the gasoline cars would spook the crap out of horses with a lot of issues regarding that. And they felt that, you know, okay, these vehicles would be so much quieter 
Um, while there was no true concept vehicle manufactured, um, it was just a drawing concept, but they were saying how, okay, this is something that will be in the future. And here we are, you know, 110 years later, um, after they said this is going to be the next big thing, and, you know, here they are, even though they don't account for only like 2 or 3% of new car sales in the United States. But despite lots of government push and a lot of the, uh, as I call it, propaganda out there and marketing concepts that are trying to push the whole idea of electric vehicles down our throats. Now you take places like California, for example, uh, back in, I believe it was 1990, uh, California, because they're just such a weird tree-hugging state, they started a mandate that was requiring 10% of all cars sold in California be zero emission vehicles by the year 2003. And they offered rebates to that in the state itself. And other little silly, stupid perks like, you know, if you only have one person in your car because it's electric, you'd still drive those HOV lanes on their highways, which doesn't make much of a difference because have you ever been out to California? The traffic is bad regardless of what friggin' lane you're in. But today, you know, despite all that marketing and everything else, only like 6% of cars in California are actually electric. And I was reading an article recently that was even saying that something like over 50%, I believe, of all electric car owners in the state of California, when they are done with their lease, leasing's a big thing in California for some reason, of electric vehicles, when they're done with their lease and they turn them in, they don't go and release or repurchase an electric vehicle because of just all the issues they have with it involving cost and everything and while yes you know it there are issues with gasoline powered vehicles the environment i do understand that i'm i'm not an idiot i'm not stupid um but i am completely opposed to the idea that we should electrify everything that everything needs to be electrified including transportation out in california the Yambag governor out there actually had passed something. He signed something into law that as of next year, you cannot purchase any gasoline-powered riding mower, push mower, uh, weed whacker. Everything has to be electric and rechargeable. And there's a lot of outrage out there, especially with contractors. I mean, you ever price a zero-turn lawnmower or an electric one cost even more? And you have contractors that have invested a lot of money into these things to suddenly be told that, you know, oh, well, you have to go when you get a new one, you got to have an electric vehicle. There's some issues with that, you know, especially when you run a business, for example. You know, you're going around, you're doing landscaping. How the fuck are you supposed to charge up this electric zero-turn mower that's going to suck through freaking battery like you wouldn't believe because you're doing landscaping at places, you know, like commercial business places or even residential places. What are you going to do? Stop and you say, oh, excuse me, can I plug this vehicle in for the next, like, three hours? It's a little ridiculous. And plus, the, the money that these contractors and businesses are going to be having to invest, which, of course, is that weird twisted Democrat thing of uh, being able to improve the economy. We force people to have to buy new things through because we pass laws and... You go and you're improving the economy because you're forcing people to buy these things. It's outrageous, you know, and meanwhile, there's still no plan as to what you do down the road when all these things eventually die, when the batteries die. Uh, just like I, I've seen and used some electric power tools, and we even have them in the fire service. And 
you know, the batteries aren't the greatest thing in the world. And when you go to have to replace these batteries, they are so freaking expensive, it isn't funny. But yet there's that whole push that we have to electrify everything. Everything has to be battery powered and portable. And as for electric vehicles coming down in price, it, there's a lot of bullshit, as I've said before, regarding that. Vehicles go up in price every year. $1,200 to $1,800 each year for each model year. And a lot of these people that are buying these Teslas and that are what I call like the uh, the Beamer crowd. Those type of people. I mean, the, they say the average household income for people that are very much into buying electric vehicles for their entire household is around $140,000. That's twice the U.S. average. Um, actually, it's more than twice the U.S. average. I believe the U.S. average income is something like 57000 or something to say in the average person. Don't ask me where that is because around here, you're sorry, you don't make stuff like that. I know I don't make stuff like that. And hell, the Cupcake Twins don't make stuff like that because they don't get paid at all. And because of these people with money that are buying these electric vehicles like crazy now, people who are low working class, lower income, middle income, we're facing significantly higher electric rates now because of all the grid upgrades to accommodate all the electric vehicles that are going to be charging. Look again to wonderful California. Uh, recently, I believe it was over the summer, the California Energy Commission estimated the state needs about 1.3 million new public EV chargers by the year 2030. And this is going to cost ratepayers an additional $13 billion that they will be dishing out for electricity that they use today. In the future, it's $13 billion more. So spread that cost out just in the state of California alone. Take that $13 billion. So if you do some quick, uh, unstatistical, unrelevant, Frank the Lunatic math, just as a crude example, there are approximately, as of the census, 39,512,223 individuals, at least legal individuals, living in the state of California. If each of those people had their own electric bill, kids, everybody had their own electric bill, that would actually come out to every individual paying $329 in order to make up the $13 billion they need for chargers. Of course, that's not realistic because... Again, you have families, you know, you, not all people in California, all 36, but whatever it was, million people have electric bills as individuals. But hopefully you can catch on what I mean. The cost per electric bill would be ridiculous to try raising that much money in order to get all of these established by that. And that figure, that $13 billion, that's not taking into account inflation or any other factors that would be involved with the, the cost of the project costing even more. Energy experts um, have been, energy analysts have been saying that a future over the next couple of years as we progress more towards forcing people to buy electric vehicles, we expect to see more brownouts, more blackouts, especially in the summertime. And currently electric prices are exploding like crazy because of President Magoo's administration's rules on uh, electric companies having to have to go to wind and solar panel, excuse me, wind and solar power um, in the next couple of years. Energy prices are going up ridiculously. By 
the year 2030, they are projecting based on energy rates that were existing back in the uh, early spring when fuel prices and everything and electricity was lower. Based on those prices, they were expecting a 40 to 50% increase in energy prices by the year 2030. And that's not taking into account the whole supply and demand, um, all the additional cost and infrastructure, like again, California alone, 13 billion to get, you know, to, to do things with the chargers and stuff. And all these things, when you add all these factors in and the stress that it's gonna have on our power grids, you know, I've been saying for the longest time on how power is gonna double. If you look at wind and solar panel right now, I don't know why I keep saying solar panel, solar power right now yeah last cupcake twins um solar solar power right now in the wonderful commonwealth of pennsylvania on the average you're looking at paying double as it is right now as of to date for that type of power and energy prices are going up in this uh state ridiculously as well um, because we no longer have any rate caps or anything on that type of stuff so when you take something that's normally, you know, six cents, seven cents a kilowatt, and when you look and you see how wind power and solar power electric providers are charging anywhere from 12 cents a kilowatt up to, on the average, I've seen things as high as 16 cents to 18 cents per kilowatt, your electric bill doubles. So, you know, for someone like me, wintertime and that, I mean, you're looking at an electric bill that would wind up being something like $500 a month or more, $600 a month or more. And then take into consideration if they say these prices are going to double within the next 10 years, you're looking at a future. If you're a lower income family, lower working class, lower middle class family even, you're looking at electric bills in 10 years of dishing out easily $1,200 a month or more just for electric bills on top of your mortgage payment or rent payment on top of the outrageous payments you have to make for these electric vehicles. And let's not forget the increases in car insurance because the American insurance industry has stated how um, insuring an electric vehicle generally can cost anywhere from 15 to 22% more, I believe, depending on the insurance carrier. So factor those things as well. And then converting everything to electric, like this Jambag wants to do with even government and military vehicles, it puts not only more stress on our power grid, but it makes our power grid look like even a juicier target for terrorists, cyber thieves, things like that, as we've seen, you know, currently. Then you're looking at reliability issues. God forbid power grids, you know, an issue happens, natural disaster, equipment failure, or human error. Look at every time there's a, a hurricane, what happens in these areas, you know, the power grids go down in those areas. Imagine a future with all electric vehicles and you can't escape a natural disaster because first of all, your car isn't charged up enough and now there's no place to charge your car along the way because there's blackouts and brownouts because of the power grid failing. Now you can argue and say, well, yeah, look, you know, you wouldn't be able to get gasoline too, but ah-ha-ha. Uh, there are more gas stations around it. There, you have a better chance of getting out of an area and finding places with gas than getting out of an area to try finding a charging station that isn't tied into one of those failed power grids. You know, 
attempting, this administration's attempting the future of electrifying transportation and other things makes little sense given our abilities right now, what we have, given how fragile our electric grid system currently is, you know, due to ongoing closures of our nuclear and coal-powered plants because of the future of having to have to close these plants down, as well as um, the power grid's increased dependence on weather-dependent renewables and power plants that rely on just-in-time delivery of natural gas. You know, the Department of Energy has stated since 2016 the number of grid outages per year have been major disturbances. They've been on an upswing. And this is without the addition of crap loads of electric vehicles that we plan on seeing within 10 years. And EVs, this, this is something that uh, good old President Magoo would love. EVs make us more dependent on China. Electrifying just half of our current automotive fleet requires in rough terms about nine times the current global cobalt production, three times global lithium output, and about two times of our current copper production. And in May of 2021, the international energy agencies have stated that China has a majority share of ownership and processing of cobalt, lithium, and other rare earth elements that are needed to make electric vehicles. So, their economy, their future is right there. We, we, we dropped the ball on this one. If you want to push for this, then people, companies should have been investing in this stuff along the way. China, of course, okay, saw that this was going to happen, that the U.S. was going to go this way, and they're buying everything up. They're buying up the rights to everything. So, you know, they have us by the balls. Whatever they want to charge, they get pissed off at the United States for something. All you have to do is, you know, turn around. Yes, thank you to Update Twins. They're telling me much where I'm going with this. Um, all you have to do, you know, all they have to do is turn around, you know, flick a switch or something. Or get on the phone and say, nope, we're not sending any more stuff. Or we're raising the prices. And there we are, screwed again. And of course, all the electric lovers and tree huggers and people in California and climate activists and people who own stock in Tesla and people who drive electric vehicles currently are going to respond back, you know, well, we have to do this because of climate change. Yes, I will agree there is climate change, but as I, I don't know if I did a podcast on this now or if this is one of the things that the Cupcake Twins have shelved that haven't finished editing yet, um, but... In regards to climate change, and they talk about sea levels rising, all this other stuff, you do realize climate change and sea levels rising and glaciers melting have been going on since the end of the Ice Age. They have been going on. It is a natural event that occurs. It's just something that's occurring. Yet, we might be speeding it up. I understand that. But this whole thing that we have to switch, we have to switch, no matter what. You know, we, we say about natural resources. We're draining our natural resources like oil and all this other stuff. So what about our other natural resources that I just mentioned? Cobalt, lithium, and other elements that are used to make EVs. Um, those are natural resources as well that can possibly have limited supplies. And we don't know how much stuff is out there. We don't know how much copper is out there and lithium. You know, things that they use for these lithium-ion batteries, if I remember correctly, only come from a certain part of the world where they've actually discovered these minerals. So, you know, there's, unlike oil, that basically all around the world they stay, a lot of these minerals, a lot of these things are only located in certain parts of the world. So you are still sucking 
natural resources from the earth you're still getting into a thing where it's supply and demand as these things become rarer to find or a mining accident happens anything the way one of these um refineries shut down because of a hurricane in the gulf affects the prices of oil and gas what do you think something's going to happen you know any type of disaster with a mine that shuts down especially if that's the only location you can get the stuff at first of all you have a production stoppage prices go up through the roof and, and this is the future that these assholes want for us i mean if electric cars are so great why haven't they taken over the market if we've been toying with this idea for years why haven't they taken over the market because of costs because of reliability because of ownership costs the simple truth friends is you know our oil fossil fuels over century long dominance in american transportation and even worldwide transportation has been largely due to its high energy density you know that density along with oil's versatility quick refueling ease of handling continuing improvements in current combustion engines and hybrids because after all look at the improvements we have made in engines over the years compared to a car you bought in 1976 take a car you buy in 2006 big difference in energy consumption with them plus the introduction of hybrids something that we're not emphasizing if we if we just expanded hybrids even more made them a little more able to function above speeds of 35 40 miles an hour maybe we wouldn't use as much oil and gas you take all those factors in that alone would assure that oil and gas would be fueling cars trucks ships boats snowmobiles ATVs bulldozers excavators airplanes etc for decades to come despite what all the marketing is saying out there saying no oil bad gas bad electric good and all these environmental groups and you know these elite universities especially in California that are all for the stuff they're spending tens of they want us to spend tens of billions of dollars to electrify things more which i'm sorry affects lower income and the lower uh, working class americans even more and it reduces our resilience and increases our reliance on china and this is where we're headed this is where your current democrat leaders and president magoo they don't see this they don't see this at all because they love china they secretly love china because after all we all learned this well, i don't know if they still learn this now but i remember learning this in school china owns this country they purchase all these bonds that this is how our government keeps going they buy so much it bonds from the government they they finance so much of our debt basically in the hopes that they you know they're going to make money on interest and everything all they have to do one day is just say they want to cash in just one of those this country would be done the same thing that's happening with electric vehicles we're, we're pushing ourselves to this we are pushing ourselves into such a disastrous area and it's not just us china's doing this all around the world they they're just pushing there's such a push look at europe the push with electric vehicles they're more po- more popular more common i guess there than they are here and this is where we're heading enough with the hype the electric vehicles yeah you know you could say they are the future but they aren't necessarily the solution the production involved or all the dangerous toxic things involved with them it's not the future 
And then speaking about the you know infrastructure, the whole thing with the fuel, with the uh, excuse me, the electric grids. Read the articles comparing owning an electric vehicle and a standard. Um, just to add 34 miles of charging to a new 2022 model of, of an electric vehicle. The cost for charging at these public things can be very expensive. There's plenty of articles out there. They don't market that stuff. You're never going to hear that from the manufacturers. You won't hear that from the federal government that it's really expensive to charge these things. Take something like a new 2022 Chevy Bolt. I just recently read this. This article had recently been published um, at an EVgo DC fast charger in New Hampshire. And they discovered how pricey it is to charge this vehicle on trips and on the go. They charged up a Chevy Bolt um, EV car. And it doesn't sound like much. It was $10.15 to get an additional 34 miles. And I'm doing rough calculations in my head. I might be wrong on how I'm saying this. But uh, the article was like 29.23 minutes, 9.510 kilowatts. And it came to $10.15. You're looking at like a dollar a kilowatt to charge that car up. Now at home electricity, like where I am right now, even though it's on an upswing, was averaging like six cents a kilowatt, seven cents a kilowatt. Can you imagine paying a dollar a kilowatt to charge a vehicle? And that was to get a lousy 30 something miles out of it. So you can maybe get down to the next charging station. So you're looking at like, say give or, give or take about 30 cents a mile. Meanwhile, compare that to, they were comparing it to a Dodge. And you were looking at, um, it might've been the Hellcat, I think, because they were saying it was a, uh, a Dodge performance, high performance car, 797 horsepower. So that was definitely the, the Dodge, Hel the Hellcat. And it said the combined fuel range was about 24, 25 miles per gallon. They paid $2.90 a gallon, wherever the hell they were at. It was probably more now for fuel. Um, doing the same route and things like that, the cost per mile for energy in this muscle car turned out to be 12 cents a mile. Basically, the cost per mile for the Chevy Bolt was triple of what the V8 high-performance gas-powered car costs. Now, take the fact that, you know, most average cars get more than 24 miles to the gallon. That means that electric car, in some cases, could be five or six times the price to charge up to go the same duration than a gas-powered car. And by the way, there's some interesting things I never knew, too. They say when you're charging at these public chargers, you're supposed to stop charging the vehicle once you're at 80% state of charge. The rate at which charge can be added to an EV battery is more rapid, below 80%. So it becomes more time consuming as it re reaches full. So you can never fully charge your electric vehicle. Because once you reach 80%, the charging slows down. And that's because... The charging mechanisms and the battery components get so hot from the rapid charging. So again, you know, you could have a vehicle that they say gets 150 mile range, 200 mile range, but you can't charge it fully unless you're like plugging it into your wall, I guess, of your house. Because the heat and everything from rapid charging, just like on a cell phone, degrades the battery. Every time you start that car and you charge it, you're degrading the battery system. 
they were just doing this one little trip and because of the distance between chargers and that they actually have to sit there and top off because they uh <laughs> they weren't going to make it all the way so of course everything slowed down with the charging ability i mean honestly to be spending 10 bucks to go 34 miles that's a bit of a shock right there i mean these things are supposed to be more efficient and everything you know with the ranges if you use that type of math my in my case you know going on vacation if i do that type of math basically i would be looking at the cost for an electric vehicle to go round trip i would be looking at i don't know close to say 80 dollars to actually charge up my vehicle um, to actually make that trip when i can actually go and based on current fuel prices going up of course this is a little bit different but it would cost me less it does cost me less in fuel to actually do that trip in a car so it's weird it, it you know, i don't see the savings at all that they keep saying you know i understand it's better for the environment but still where where's the benefit I, I i don't understand where the benefits are i don't understand where the positivity is in this you're, you're looking at uh, problems with the electric grids again it, it what it is it all comes down to helping the economy because these things cost more and all these charging companies are going to make tons of money you know it, it it's sickening it's sickening that this idiot really wants to force us into this type of lifestyle you know um it's just funny it's sick and sad we need to put a stop to it we need to get politicians we need to get people into office that will look towards things like hybrids what is wrong with a hybrid why can't you design a hybrid that uses okay more electricity but less gas you still need to have gas as a backup you know it it doesn't make any sense at all pushing this whole electric agenda um, which works great when you're out west and you have great weather but look into other reports online go up you know when they test these cars in canada and maine places like that or in arizona even um, how the extreme heat and extreme cold affects these damn things. So not only does it affect the power grids out there, but it also affects charging time. It takes longer to charge the vehicles and uses more energy to charge the vehicles because of how the whole uh, degradation of power is when it's converted over into the batteries. It's a weird thing how the uh, temperatures affect the batteries and it takes you longer to charge them so you're using more energy. Where, where's the sense in that? Doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't know. Not a big fan. I can't see myself ever running out and buying one. Anyhow, I am Ranked the Lunatic. And I, of course, have approved this message. And for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that. Oh, thank you. Legal Mumble Jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions 
and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations, which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead.